Welcome to Vox Vomitus, also known as Word Vomit. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of Vox Vomitus, otherwise known as Word Vomit. I am your host, Jennifer Ann Gordon, the author of the Kindle award-winning novel, Beautiful, Frightening, and Silent, as well as the Hotel series and Pretty Ugly. Joining me today, as always, is my Vox Vomitus vixen and the best co-hostess with the mostest, Alison Martine, author of The Bourbon Books, which includes the award-winning novel, Dibs, Since September, Move on Melinda, and Climb the Salmon Ladder. Ooh. And now, <laughs> I'm about to say something I never in my life thought I was going to say. Alison, take a beat. I'm, I'm fanning myself. Our guest today is the one, the only, the New York Times number one best-selling author, Charlene Harris. We are here to talk about her Hello. series, the Gun Road series, and her new book, The Serpent in Heaven. But you all may know her from a little-known series called the Sookie Stackhouse series, which may have inspired a show that was on for a little while called, what was that show called again? Was it? True Blood. True Blood. True Blood. True Blood. I've heard of it. Yeah, I've heard of it. I've watched an episode or all of them. (laughs) (laughs) I might have been binge watching episodes of True Blood while on vacation in the Czech Republic at one point in time. True story. Were they dubbed in Czech? No, I was just watching them on like Netflix. I wanted to hear Tara in Czech. That would have been amazing. Amazing. It would have been. <laughs> it's like, oh my God, amazing. Uh, Charlene, welcome to Box Vomitus. Tell our viewers and our listeners a little bit about yourself and then a little bit about the Gunny Rose series before we dive in with our hard hitting questions. Your probing questions. Pro- oh, you we have it. yet to probe anything. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if it's going to happen, it's going to be today. <laughs> oh, um, <laughs> Well, I've been writing for a long time. This is my 42nd year as a published writer. So I've seen the industry change and morph and change and morph and double back on itself and do all kinds of contortions. Um, And yet here I am still standing. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. 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 so these books are my latest series. Uh, I have written other things besides the Sookie Stackhouse novels, which I'm really proud of. Because there's Aurora Tea Garden. Aurora I, Tea Garden. If you the get Cemetery the Girl trilogy. Yeah. There's just like Midnight Texas. You're like looking through and it's pages of just series of books. I've And then there's a whole section of standalone books. If we were to list off everything we do that you've written, that would be our entire show. Exactly. I have a little list here, like my cheat sheet. And I was like, it's already too long to list. Because I was just like, <laughs> and the Cemetery Girl trilogy with Christopher Golden. And <laughs> well, uh, you know, if you live long enough and you write a book a year, that adds up. I have friends who write two or three books a year. And I just, I'm in I'm awe of that. exhausted thinking about that. That's I almost just collapsed onto the yeah. table. A book and a short story or two a year is about my limit. I feel like sometimes short stories for me take longer than actually writing a novel because they do. They're hard. Like they're hard. stories. Uh-uh. They're so hard. Every time I write a novel, I go into it thinking I'm writing a short story. 
Yeah. And and then it just obviously, and then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, that's 96,000 words. That yeah. is not a book anymore. But when yeah. I think about writing a short story, I can't. I mean, I can. Oh. I've done it like a few times. I'm, no, this is not a pity party. This is just. <laughs> oh, poor But they're hard. Hard. No, but they're hard to do. I'm glad. I love yeah. that you just said they're hard. Why do you think they're hard to do? Because you have to be so concise. <sighs> you can't. <laughs> waste any words and you can't waste any time and you have to be like a, a drill bit. Uh, I have two of my friends write award-winning short stories. So the bar is really high. Well, you don't want to hang out with them anymore because then you're just like, now, now you have more, more awards for more short stories. And I'm over here just cranking out novels and you guys are just <laughs> like, look, I wrote 5,000 words. Here's an award. That's not fair. Well, you have to have something to aspire to. That's true. Okay. We're uh, and I want to be a better short story writer. I love that. Well, I mean, there's a reason why our podcast is called Vox Vomitus or Word Vomit. Allison and I are verbose, uh, both in real life and sometimes really? on paper. Yeah. just mm -hmm. You amaze me. Mm. My mom used to tell me, Reader's Digest version, Allison, because I would talk to her. <laughs> That's why I learned it, because she's just like, you're taking forever. And my husband does the same thing. It's like, does this story have a point? I'm like, I haven't gotten there yet. Yeah. He's probably still waiting for me to get there. I'm started. world building. Yes. I'm world building. That's right. Yeah. You have to have deep background. Yes. Yes. And I used to write short stories when I was younger, too. And I felt like I, I was good at that. And then I got older, I realized, no, I just thought I was good at that because my standard was really, really low. So they were fine for high school or maybe college. And then I went, this is this is not my strength. And I'm going to going to be over here. Yeah. Swimming through the words. So the Gunny Rose series, when I got uh, the press release from your publicist, she talked about how you were going in a new direction with it. Yeah. So can we talk a little bit about how it started, like how it started and how it's going now? <laughs> well, it started as a short story, actually, that I wrote for... Uh, <laughs> this is the fourth book! As well, I, I wrote, you know first it. I wrote a short story. It was for a charity oh, anthology cool. that Sean Speakman uh, edited. And I thought, I just I thought I'll just do whatever I want to, you know, mm -hmm. because this is for charity and, and for charity. Uh, I can just let myself be free on this. And I really like the character I developed for that short story. Uh, and I thought, okay, maybe I could expand on this a little bit. And uh, eventually, when I when the Suki series came to an end, and my publisher kicked me to the curb, uh, oh. I went. To, I thought, well, okay, I've got to write something else. So I wrote the the first Gunny Rose and got a new publisher, which was just super. That's amazing. So was the was the short story then? Did it feature all of the characters, or was it just Lisbeth? No. So, okay, so who did it feature? Just Lisbeth, okay. uh, and uh, she is does really heroic things while suffering from concussion through this story. And I just thought, we, yeah, like, she's just tough. There. Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, but she's just incredibly tough and incredibly uh, focused. Mm -hmm. Which is Well, and I can imagine the hardest thing Lisbeth ever did was wear a dress because that's seriously the most, the most difficult thing. She, she'll shoot people, she'll defend people, but you make her not wear trousers. She's like, this is, this is the worst. Why do I have to do this? And I yeah. like her with her. Like, seriously, when I want to wear sneakers and pants, 
Don't make me wear a dress. There are days that that's the only thing that we'll do. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm in a dress right now. (gasps) We're so proud of you. (laughs) I'm a dress person. I will admit I'm wearing slippers, though. It's cold cold here in Britannia. Yes. It's cold in Britannia. Well, I I got to read the first three Gunny Rose books. And when I heard it was a different direction, when I read before I even got the book and I just saw the blurb that it was going to be about Felicia, I'm like, okay, well, that makes sense because there's so much that we didn't know yet about Felicia that she had so much hidden that I was like, okay, I'm excited to see where this is going. But it is a departure because Lizbeth, for people who haven't gotten a chance to read the books yet, she's this really strong woman. She's young, but she's still an adult. And then Felicia is her half sister who is of questionable age. Her age is, uh, her age is very uncertain when they, when Eli and Lisbeth rescue her f- from uh, Juarez. And when she gets to the, school and she's away from her father's sphere of influence and the spells he laid on her she starts growing quite a bit it turns <laughs> out she's about 15 it's like so you're not 10 so have you ever heard of and this is i'm going to nerd out for a second about something okay. different there is um if you've ever watched soap operas, there's something called soap opera rapid aging syndrome. oh rapid aging syndrome <laughs> when they characters have children and the children are babies and toddlers. But then when that becomes boring, the, the kids go away for like a vacation and come back as like 14 and They're 15 always years. They're always teenagers. Why did mine do that? The parents <laughs> never age at all. But all of a sudden we're like, how did that 31-year-old woman, now she has a 16-year-old, but she had that baby two years ago. But it's called <laughs> soap opera rapid aging syndrome. Yes. And I was like, oh, he did like a reverse soap opera rapid aging syndrome spell on her. And then when it wore he did. Off, yeah. He wanted her to stay small. Yeah, exactly. So she, well, partially at least so she could steal for him. Uh, and also. <laughs> and not have as terrible things happen to her. And yeah. not have terrible. And yeah, he did have a good motive. Partially at least. Yeah, partially. Uh, I want to believe that. Yeah. Like every time she was like, well, he was drunk. and But I hope he didn't want me to get like, you know. Assaulted in the street. Yes, like little girl, she's just running around. She's just another urchin versus. Oh, hey, look, beautiful young woman. Yeah, Yeah. he was protecting her and saving himself from a lot of trouble. Yes, not that her father was a saint, but you know, may he rest in peace because he was dead when the book started. (laughs) The very first book, already dead. But we, I, I know I personally, when I was reading through, I loved getting to feel the different places and felt like I was going on a tour of this world you created. So for people who are like, what are you talking about? Thinking True Blood is set more or less in our current day and age. Yeah. With the Gunny Rose books, it's this alt history where it's it feels kind of old West gunslinger sometimes, but there are there is electricity. Sometimes we even get a refrigerator. I just love that. Like, ooh, ice. <laughs> You're like me, where's my soda pop? I would like yeah. to drink now. Well, it's it's in the 30s. It's in the 30s. And World War II is, is going to loom on the horizon. <gasps> oh, that it's a little different when America isn't really. When America. Yeah, right. Five different countries. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, I was trying to figure out, like, in my math doing the Rasputin, doing the, like, like what, where would we be if this was reality? And I was like, okay, I was thinking late thirties. I tried to like 
make my outfit late 30s today. You can't see it because you can only see from. Oh, I can see your the panels here. Yeah, it's yeah. like, it's it's like a little thing. It's more 40s. 40s. That's fair. You can be you can be futuristic from the 30s. From futuristic 30s. But you mentioned Rasputin, so I love it. Elizabeth is going to get people to the Holy Russian Empire, where like Rasputin is hailed as like yes he, he's he's still dead but he is hailed as the one who has saved their sar because his blood is what's necessary to keep this guy alive yeah and that becomes like a huge thing but it's just weird for me because i i'm aware of rasputin and i will i have to quote a line from angel where there was a scene set in the 50s where one of the a vampires like i was rasputin's lover and i just love that line every time that he's like, I was Rasputin's lover. And now it's like, oh, Rasputin had a bunch of bastard kids. And those bastard kids yeah. are valuable because they're blood. They got the blood. They got the blood. It's always, always about the blood. But it, always, got- is. it always is with you, Charlene. It's always about the blood. It always it's is like- about the blood. <laughs> like, Charlene, you like, so that. what happened to you as a child <laughs> that made you? This is, this is like the deep probing question I'm when working. we get all serious. Oh, Charlene, as a kid, did you have something traumatic happen to you with blood? I did. Did you? Did you? Did you? Did. Yeah, that was pre-seatbelt, and my mother had to stop suddenly, and I went into the windshield. What? No! And I was, you know, really remarkably bloody. Uh, And I don't remember any of this, but my dad almost fainted. And she took me to the doctor, and he said, Gene, I'm going to take tiny stitches because she's a girl. Oh. And I thought, well, if I was a guy, would I look like Frankenstein? I was just going to say, yeah. you would look like Frankenstein's monster if you were born. Like, <laughs> we well, don't care. You know, they, they do say stuff like that because I have I have stitches down here, my right side. I have stitches here and I have stitches here. This was from tripping over my dad's foot in a carpet store. And this was a dog bite. And I remember when I got, I don't remember this, but when this happened, I was 13. And I remember the surgeon like doing special stitches and all this stuff. And he's like... Uh-huh. Some of the best supermodels have scars and like trying to make it like a good thing. I'm like, first off, I'm never gonna be tall enough to be a supermodel, but how bad is my face? That's really what I want. Try, but how bad is children my face? scream when they see me? Or is it- the answer is yes. But yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, but I mean like I had my hand covered like this because the dog's jaws were here and here. So I thought like my whole face was torn. I was just here and like one part oh, here but ooh, I thought ooh. all my face was gone and then when I finally could see I'm like oh that's not nearly as bad I thought I was gonna be like two-faced with just one or fan of the opera doing something like that oh my god these are also more traumatic facial stories than I have all I have is like I picked up a baby chipmunk when I was a kid and it bit me in the chin it ripped <laughs> off a chunk of my chin and then my parents were so mad they were like now we're gonna have to watch you for rabies yeah you probably have chipmunk rabies <laughs> That's so reassuring. <laughs> well, like, and I still, I think about it to this day. I'm like, what? Like, when I think about it now, I'm like, shouldn't you have brought me right to the hospital? Like, Maybe. in the face, but yeah. like, we're just going to have to watch you. Like, and then I really don't remember a lot after that. Like, did they spray me with like a hose to see if I was in the water? She's foaming at the mouth. <laughs> it, once she's foaming at the mouth, then we'll bring her in. But Jennifer, uh, we're just glad they didn't take you to the pound and check check you in for another. You pump. know, honestly, I'm thankful for that every day. Yes, we're very glad. <laughs> but so, Charlene, so you were you were then bleeding, and they got your little tiny stitches, and then 
obviously it influenced your your writing, but I don't I don't remember lots of tragic car accidents in any of these books and lots of people getting attacked on the road. Trains. Did you have any train accident? Because lots of (laughs) (laughs) Did you live near train tracks? My seven-year-old is ter- is like in love with trains, so I can't have him hear that part because then he'll be like, "Yeah, oh, kids and trains, oh, they love trains." He's obsessed with trains. Every box that comes into our house becomes a train, and he paints them or colors them so they all look like Amtrak cabbage. I don't really oh, know wow. what cabbage is. He's obsessed. But yeah, yeah nothing bad has happened on his. But some bad things happen in the uh, a longer fall book. I don't know why I say the a longer fall, but the second book where we end yeah. up in Dixie and have some mysterious boxes yeah. and some some things going very interestingly thanks to our friend Felix and his uh, bag of tricks. <laughs> Felix is Felix is really unlikable. Oh, oh I love Felix. I wish she was about to say I love him from the beginning. Really? I was about to say I wish. Actually, I love that Felix is whatever sexuality he is. But like, I have a huge crush on him. You can have a crush on him. Huge. Wow. I, like, I would be Lucy. I we might like, have I problems. Would, <laughs> I would definitely. I mean, I, know. I would definitely marry him. <laughs> Okay, I'll let him know. <laughs> well, so we were talking a little bit before the show because Jen and I can't help it. We see somebody with a Russian name and they we they they automatically turn into Alexander Skarsgård because he's played characters like that. We can't yeah. help it. But that's not really who Eli looks like, I don't think. I don't think that's accurate. So who would you cast as Eli? And so people are like, who's Eli? Because he's not really in Serpent in Heaven. He's in the first three books and he is... He is the the love interest, an occasional really like nerd, tall, gangly guy. <laughs> yeah, he, he's not altogether likable. Not when you first meet him. No. Yeah, he's actually just not. But no, he's but, just but she loves him. <laughs> like I mean, good for I, you, Elizabeth. Yeah, <laughs> I, I honestly don't know. Uh, I don't usually do a lot of casting in my head because the reality is never. Uh, obvious to me, uh, the the casting. Though I've got to say, a lot of times it just turns out great, uh-huh. and I'm I'm happy with it. But no, nobody looks like the people in my head. That's fair. That well, and fair. It, we always also joke that by the time you write it and it gets published and somebody takes some <laughs> rights to it, the actors who you had in your head when you wrote it are all way too old anyway because people don't stay that look. So yeah. I always joke, if you want to see who you're going to have next, just check out the Disney Channel. Yeah, you've <laughs> got to be watching <laughs> Disney and looking at Nickelodeon. <laughs> how would they look in five years? How would they look in five to ten yeah, years? Yeah. Yeah, maybe they've got some shows. Yeah. Every time like, we talk to authors, everyone's always like, they say the same thing. They're like, well, it's like so-and-so except ten years younger because we don't know Oh, okay. any like twenty-year-old yeah. or teenage actors? I know a few now. You, Disney Channel. <laughs> I know. I'm always like, remember those kids from Gossip Girl? Like, them. yeah, they're all old now too. <laughs> gossip Girl. It's more like you know, Gossip Great Aunt at this point. They're all, oh, oh, they're all like oh, our age. That hurts. Hurt. Yeah. I know. It's all right. It's all right. But, well, but the, go ahead, Sean. The books have been optioned. Uh, but well, but they've been optioned twice already and nothing's come of it. So, you know, most, most often that's the result. Well, and that's always frustrating because then you're like, I'm excited to see what you do with it. Oh, you're going to put it in that drawer. That's not as exciting as what I thought was going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Actually do something with it. You're like, oh, I thought this was going to be a huge like Netflix thing. And you're like, 
oh, it's, oh, you just took it away from other people. So they couldn't. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That station. happens a lot. Yes. Um, but it did not happen with your Sookie Stackhouse series. No, nor the Aurora Tea Gardens, mm -hmm. nor the Midnights. Yeah. So it's, it's happened for you before it'll happen yep. again. Yeah. Um, I, I am going to do my dork thing now. Okay. We asked this before we went live, uh, just kind of half jokingly, but I'm going to preface this for people who might be watching this or listening to it for the first time. Allison and I might have, as she said before, a fascination with Alexander Skarsgård, who played Eric in the True Blood book, uh, True Blood <laughs> series. Uh, so we fake <laughs> cast him in. We fake cast him in every book that we read. Doesn't matter. They're like blonde man. Called blonde man. Oh, it's Alexander Skarsgård. <laughs> uh, doesn't matter where it is. Um, so to Charlene, before we started, before I even said, "Have you? Did you ever go on set? What was it like?" I want to know those things. I said, "Have you ever touched Alexander Skarsgård?" And you, I said, "Yes, I've hugged him." <gasps> You've hugged him. Yeah. And, and what was it like? Say it slow. Oh, okay. I will. It's, um, it was like a great Dane cavorting with a very fat chihuahua. <laughs> oh, yeah. I love the cavorting, too. Cavorting is such a great word. Like, mm. He's really a nice guy. He's got a great sense of humor. Oh, that's good when we hear that. Because sometimes we have crushes on fictional people who are based on an actor. And then you find out the actor is horrible in real life. And like, well, yeah. Yeah, well, forget it. I can't be thinking about you and casting in my book now because you're a jerk. And no one wants to play with you anymore. Yeah, there. That thing. That's what I found out, too. Oh. Well, don't, but most of them are just... Most, most of them are... Super, no, I won't name names. But no, most of them are just super nice. So no, what was it like the first time you ever went onto a set of, was it, was it the, was it True Blood? Was that the first time you it went was. onto a set? Uh, yeah. What was that? Uh, was it just like coming out of your body and like <laughs> disassociating and going, it's my work, but not my work? It was so, it, it was like that. Uh, they were filming uh, at like Bistano, Louisiana. Mm -hmm. And I drove down, my husband and I drove down and my, I think my assistant went with us. And uh, there were just trailers and trailers and trucks and trucks and people and people and all sorts of equipment. And they had to direct me to a, a parking spot. And my husband said, this is all your fault. <laughs> <laughs> this is all on you. <laughs> yeah, this is on you, girl. We're disrupting this entire town. And you're like, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure they were so you're sad. Like, that they had a more quiet theater. town. Okay. Yeah. It, it was really a wonderful day, though. I learned a lot, and I got to observe a lot of things that I never thought I would. And uh, it was, a you know, that whole experience was a big learning curve for me. Was it easier then when you were, did you go visit the sets of the other shows when you did, like, Aurora Tea Garden? Yeah. Or was that, was I, you're like, okay, I'm an old hat now. I know all this. Nothing fake. Well, I wasn't as terrified. Oh, okay. That's good. You know, it, it took the fear factor away 
That's good. Because then, then you're really not, like, good. shaking when you hug people. Because then they're like, are you having a seizure? I'm just really scared, okay? <laughs> I'm just scared one of you will look at me and talk to me and I won't know what to say. What if you ask me a question about your character and even though I invented it, I won't know the answer. I don't know. You know, and sometimes I don't because the, the characters as they're written for TV mm-hmm. are quite different. Yeah. Well, and from we the had mentioned as I wrote them. Well, yeah, and I'd, I'd mentioned Tara before, and Tara is very different in the books. And I, and I've said, you know, I understand because I've talked to people about, oh, well, why, why do they make changes between books and either a TV or film adaptation? I'm like, well, first off, Sookie is most of the time in her head because she hears voices, and if she's all up in her head, they'd have to do it all voiceover. So they need somebody for her to talk to. Yeah, or a stronger best friend character. So that made sense to me to to make that change. Oh, they they that. had to. The books are all from Sookie's point of view yep. in the first and person, very, and they very internal, very internal. Which I love, <laughs> but Which they had to make the other that. characters have a live and move and have their being. Yes. Uh, yes. For us to see because Anna couldn't be in every single scene. I don't know. She's pretty talented. She's pretty, <laughs> it's not her talent. It's yeah. her. It's she her exhaustion level. Yeah. 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 Yeah, like just pumping her full of more caffeine. Is uh, uh, Anna Pack when you're still needed on such? I just did five yeah. scenes. Need more. It's like then she's like in every scene. Yeah. Well, then you end up with like an orphan black situation where Tatiana Maslany is all the characters. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's like that's that's a lot. That's that's and it was camera work. It's probably best that you just write other characters and have those people fill out and do all that stuff. But I mean, I I'm loving with with the Gunny Rose, the cast of characters you have. Even if you say people aren't maybe supposed to like Felix, and we liked Felix. <laughs> Felix, I Felix didn't know he was second to like Felix at all. I, I liked him, but he was definitely brusque when he was first introduced, and yeah. very much so like. Okay, so he's not the first partner that Lizbeth has met because there was a first partner that does not do so well in the first book. And so Eli, when they interact again, he's got this new guy here, and the new guy is not exactly happy to see Lizbeth either. So it's not like they were instantly chums and ready to just go to bat with each other. And Lizbeth has some reasons to maybe not like some of the things that Felix does, like bring people back from the dead. So that's kind of, I don't know. It's a skill that should, it is needed sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I think, so I like Felix a lot because I feel like, I love him, but I don't like him. And those are my favorite characters is when I'm just like, like, you are very unlikable, but I would probably step in front of a bus for you. And I don't know why. (laughs) (laughs) You like the thing to do. Okay. I guess I would like, you know, do some weird magic for you. That's a very interesting reaction. Well, and I think I feel kind of similarly about, (laughs) we have to talk about Peter, because he's a big character in this fourth book. And Peter, what I, for the number of times I wanted to smack him in the first couple times we met him. But Peter is this young, let's just say maybe impetuous kind of character who maybe has some growing up to do yet, because he's still pretty young. And I think that's one of the things that's also it's a cultural shift because we're dealing with, you know, you said it's in the thirties and it's a different situation, but talking about people courting and getting married and they're in their teens and I'm going now like 15, 14, like that's right. That's, that's how we do it. That's, that's what, that's what happened a lot. 
especially it, during the depression. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, and I will say this, um, and this obviously doesn't happen now, but my husband is younger than I am. And when I met, I was like, when we met, I was like, Oh my God, you're so young. And he said, well, we, we age different in Russia. Oh. <laughs> That's smooth. <laughs> Wasn't that smooth? Like I look back on it was now. He just trying like, to, was he just hitting on you? Because I no, feel like he was just not. trying to. No, I don't know. Like, he definitely was not. But like looking back, like if I wrote it as a rom-com, I'd write yeah. him as hitting on me. But he, he wasn't. He was very sincere because I was like, I'm from New Hampshire. Like we're cold and brittle and terrible here. And, and you know. When we like set our ages, and it was just like so funny that he was like, "No, in Russia we age different." And I was like, "Sure, sure." I'm like, and I think I said something so stupid, like, "I've read Anna Karenina." (laughs) That makes me Russian too, just by virtue of the end. I've I've seen the great. I'm now a history expert of the time when, yeah, no. I don't think yeah. most of that show is accurate. I just like yeah. it anyway. No, I believe when I said I've read Anna Karenina, like the look on his face was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, what those? Okay. What about Dr. Shivanko? <laughs> like, um, I think that was probably our second conversation. And he was just like, <laughs> I, no. Well, Charlene, I wanted to ask you, and and I will I will say I am a speculative fiction writer. I know we always introduce me as the rom com writer, but I also write speculative fictions. They're just not out yet. But I love dystopias, and I just adore alt history. And I wanted to know what was it about why you decided what point in history was going to be the turning point that made America just basically collapse and fragment into these different areas with Dixie and Texoma and the Holy Russian Empire that would be where I am now in sunny California. What what was it about that you decided that like, that's where it's going to change? There were a lot of really bad things happening in America then. There were the Spanish flu. Mm-hmm. There was the stock market collapse. Uh, there was the Dust Bowl. Mm-hmm. There were lots of bad things happening. And I thought, well, what if Roosevelt wasn't president? And truly, there was an assassination attempt on him in Florida prior to his being sworn in. At that time, they didn't automatically say the vice president would step in if the president died. Oh, I didn't know that. I when did that, that happen? I wonder when then I wonder if after that, they're like, we need to have a contingency. We, we need to have a plan right now. So anyway, I just say, okay, the assassination attempt was successful. Yeah. And then the vice president dies of the flu. So goes down. Yeah. Every everything just shatters. Uh, all the stresses and strains can't hold together anymore and everything cracks apart. Did you ever feel like while you were writing these books and then watching what's been going on in the world the past ten years that you had somehow created it and manifested it into reality? <laughs> Don't blame Charlene for this. Not my fault. Um, Well, I'm just saying, we mentioned Paul Tremblay earlier. We asked him that about his book Survivor Song, which was about a pandemic. And he's like, and here again, we've all done this where we write something and then something happens and we're like, bad timing, bad timing, bad timing, bad timing. Here's my book. Sorry, everybody. But Uh, it did feel like I was, I wasn't trying to write about the current problems in our country, but it ended up being kind of prescient yeah yeah and that's that's a great word because it i never felt like i was reading about our country and like veiled 
anything about yeah. what was really happening, but I just kept thinking it just felt so real for even like for right now. Yeah. And that's what I loved about it so much. Cause I, I love, uh, I'm not a spec fiction writer per se, but I love alternate history. Allison knows this. We dork out about it a lot because usually we have these long conversations of what is the moment you think in the timeline? And we try to pinpoint it as two uh-huh. non-history nerds <laughs> trying to figure it out. Um, but your book felt really, it felt really now. Mm. It felt current. But it also, I mean, hence I'm wearing like a little vintage dress. Uh, it, it did still feel like I was in a way reading historical fiction, which I just loved so much. Oh, good. Everything worked out then. You're like, <laughs> You're like that was the plan. Well, and yeah. I was laughing because I was, I was early pages yet because it's early in the fourth book when one of the students there at the Rasputin Academy comes down with, and that, okay, Rasputin Academy, so it's named after Rasputin, but that's where the Grigori, who are the magicians, go. And while it's supported by the Holy Russian Empire, people from all over are sent there because some places are like, yeah, we still like to stone and burn our witches. So best if you've got magical blood, get on it. Britannia. Yeah, Britannia, <laughs> guys. Well, you know, Salem Witch Trials, you guys know, kind of like thing. on brand. Yeah, totally on brand. But we've got Spanish flu showing up. And it was so funny because I read that and went, oh, I need to schedule my children's flu shots. And I paused <laughs> and went and called the pediatrician. So guess where they get to go tomorrow? It's, hey, got all three of them. And get them their flu shots because it's like, yeah, we're still dealing with this kind of stuff. And yeah, like kids die. And it's like, it's not the Spanish flu now. It's flu strain A or flu strain B or good old COVID. Good old COVID. Good old COVID. Hey, I I won't give away the scene, but I love there's there's a scene where masking really does save a life and not from germs. (laughs) But there's a certain (laughs) scene where where, where, uh, little Miss Felicia is wearing a mask. And with some help, she manages to get out of a situation because she's like, Peace out. And she's gone. And mask saves lives, guys, especially if you're possibly being stalked by people who might want to kill you. Just just saying. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, that's not why I we mean, wear masks now. It's for germs. COVID's trying to kill us too. And so is the flu. I would I always think, like, why didn't I wear a mask to the grocery store forever? Because I was always at the grocery store, like seeing somebody I know going like, yeah. oh crap, I'm in a messy <laughs> bun, no lipstick. And it's somebody like Jennifer. And I'm like, oh. No, no, I'm Deborah. So, yeah, yeah. Like no, I, don't, no, I don't know who you no. are. Just, just don't let the recognition exactly. ever hit your eyes. Just hide the just panic. Look away. Look nope. away. Mm-hmm. That's all right. I was at the park one time, and it was it was cold, and it was early during it, it was during like the summer of COVID, so people were at parks. But I think we were like okay outside and stay distant. And I saw another family that went to our preschool, and they didn't recognize me right away because my hood up and my sunglasses. And then they're like, "We thought you were the Unabomber." <laughs> the unibomber because I had my big sunglasses and a hood and a mask. I'm like, well, if I want to rob a bank on my way home, I'm just ready to go with my accomplices. Don't mind them screaming and hitting each other. We're not really. <laughs> They're here nice just to carry really the bags of money. <laughs> bags of money. Bags of money. That and I also I have a penchant for food and books. And um, now I need to know how to make Irish soda bread. Um, which I've never made before, but after it's like, oh, I watched the Great British Baking Show, so I got very excited. Me too. But our soda bread is easy to make because okay, so there's no yeast, but it does it still. I, I'm trying to even picture it. It's not like matzah, right? No, it's, it's, no it rises. It's okay. the soda that the baking soda that makes it rise, and it's very airy and light. And it's yeah. airy. Okay, 
Because when you cut it open, it has a nice crisp crust, but then it's flaky and amazing. Look, I'm like Paul Hollywood from. You are. That just sounds so authentic. I know. It doesn't. It can't be claggy. It can't have a soggy bottom. No soggy bottoms. No soggy (laughs) bottoms. I know. We we needed to have like an English to American English translation. Like, what does it even mean? Like, my daughter, she's always like, maca. What's maca? I'm like, it's mocha. They just don't say it the same (laughs) way over here. She's like, why do they call it maca? I don't know. What is maca? It sounds like a religious rite. It could <laughs> yeah. be. It could be. And I it's think a very solemn prayer. When they bring yeah. it to the gingham altar, they say the prayer of maca. <laughs> Please eat my food and give me a handshake <laughs> and don't send me home. I'm still mad because I have not seen the final episode, but I already know who won because somebody retweeted it on Twitter. Oh, no. I haven't seen the final oh, no. episode. I'm not, I'm not saying I'm not saying it. I don't want to know. Yeah. Well, like, don't make me take my headphones off. And I, do didn't, not. I didn't realize. Nope. No, I didn't realize. No, no, I'm not gonna say. I'm not gonna say. I just, I thought I had the whole season on Netflix. It wasn't until I didn't have that last episode there, and oh, one of my behind. very good friends is in Suffolk, UK, and she's like, "Well, we don't have the last episode." I'm like, "Well, I think we have all of them." And she said, "If, if you have it, can you tell me who wins so I can win at the pool at work?" I'm like, "No, I'm not gonna help you cheat." She's like, "It's for money." I'm like Abigail, no, I'm not doing that. And of course, yes, it was Abigail who wanted to know. I'm like, no. I won't. I'm not going to help you cheat. And then it turned out I didn't have the episode anyway. So, oh, good. Yeah. So, hopefully, she got to watch live. And now I already know who won, but I'll still watch. And I didn't tell my daughter who's watching with me. So, good. Good. good, good. good. Um, so, Charlene, obviously, uh, book four in um, the Gunny Rose series goes to Felicia. So, are we going to be staying with Felicia for a while now? The next book is alternating. Between Lisbeth and Felicia. Okay. Because oh, I was nice. wondering, I'm like, if we would have to change the series name, because Gunny Rose is <laughs> well, well, uh Felicia second. is a strong second, I think. Yes. And I just felt like finding out what was happening to her. No, it it's be, so cool. Yeah. I think and she I love really, that like dark academy, dark academia, like schools where that's your thing. That's my thing. Like stick a bunch yeah. of people in a boarding school and something bad happens. Oh, have you Love read it. Naomi Novik's School of Mance series? I have not. Oh, I know the name. Right but up I your alley. The name too. Right, Naomi yeah. Novik is a great writer and her, oh, her latest ser- uh, trilogy is just, it's a, a, the school literally tries to kill you. Yes. A lot of schools Ooh. feel that way, but I'm glad they feel like it that. literally. Yeah. <laughs> We're gonna it's about time to take literally. it literally. Well, and one of, one of my favorite books, and bring it back to, to Russian, because I don't speak it or read it. I, I read the first in the Vita Nostra by uh, Marina and Sergei Diachenko, but only the first one had been translated from Russian to English. So I was like waiting for the next book because I don't speak Russian. I could like, I don't know, mail it to, to Roman and tell him to read it to me. <laughs> <laughs> Can you read it to me in English, please? How is his Russian? Is it, it? Could he read a Russian novel to me? Do you think he could, but he would not be pleased. He's <laughs> no, like, he's no, well, his do. parents still—I mean, his entire family. When we go visit, they—they they only speak Russian. Okay, so I'm, I'm gonna like, mail it to his mom. All I know are the swear words. <laughs> oh, but she, his mother doesn't know English. Oh, well, that's not helpful. Uh-huh. <laughs> Reading it out loud, but but that's a that's a kind of weird. I wouldn't even say dark so much as just really offbeat magic school that's there in Russia and like even how you find out you're admitted is the most messed up way there's no Harry Potter getting a letter from an owl kind of stuff it's way way worse so Ooh. 
but I, I enjoyed that. And I do, I do enjoy the, the Russian setting. And even though like, I can't speak Russian, none of it's in Cyrillic. I, I don't understand any of it, but I do have this fascination with it. Some of it may come from having watched the greats, but I, I love your choice of places. Like when you decided, Hey, I'm going to destroy the United States here, but just for fiction, you know, not in real life. Um, real life. How, how did you decide which places would take over? Was it just like a natural logical, this is what would probably happen or did you have some wish fulfillment? It, it seemed natural and logical to me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No other people have taken issue with that, but you know, it, <laughs> It, it seems that if America was weak enough, uh, Mexico would come up from the south, Canada would come down from the north, and then the middle would split up into uh, into what seems to me a logical way. Yeah. No, looking at the map, it seemed logical to me. And even, I mean, most of my husband's family is in the United States now. I mean, half of them are still in Russia, but all of the ones except for us that are in the United States are all in California. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I was like, well, that does make sense. <laughs> that, and I know there's a very large Russian population um, in yeah. many places in the United States because a lot of people work in tech. So where tech is, that's where they are. Uh, but yeah, like when I looked at the map, I'm like, that all tracks. That seems well, right. Well, and I like how you basically have the the royals, the aristocracy, living in exile and floating around the Pacific until William Randolph Hearst says, come, I have a castle <laughs> and, and get some over there. So I love how you're weaving in natural, actual people and saying, here's what they would have probably done. And I go, yeah, that actually, that tracks. I can see him doing yeah. that and bringing over this yeah wild aristocracy and i just i just love how i think this is one of the things that makes your book so special is that you weave in the supernatural and the natural and everybody's just like yep this is this is going on now oh they're vampires and they drink synthetic blood okay that's happening now so oh these people they all have magical powers and wear special vests where they keep their different spells i see that's what we should have worn jen we should have had little vests with um i I tried I tried to wear a vest today, but um, the shirt that I was going to wear it over, it just did not look good. And my only vest had one little pocket. <laughs> and it was, spells. I know. I'm like, and I had this vision of myself like being here and like taking out some like chili powder and throwing it in the air. You would end up with that in your eyes. I know. It, I would, it would be maybe, maybe you just your eye all over. Be a Gregory. <laughs> I know. Like, I'm not that coordinated. No, me neither. <laughs> like. <sighs> No, can't do it. Um, so I, it, it's safe to say, obviously, there's going to be a fifth book in the Gunny Rose. I've series. already turned it in. Okay, that was going to be my. Do we next have a question. title? Uh, All the dead shall weep. <gasps> oh, that's. A- I'm just imagining the body count Shoot. already, and <laughs> I'm not. I'm going. It's to- high. It is quite high. Okay, there you go. Oh, sorry. That's I mean, how terrible of me. I'm like, good. I'm well, glad it's high. I mean. Let's let's be honest here. The very first book starts with a basically, hey, here's here's Gunny and her the Gunny and her crew. Yep, they're all dead now. (laughs) I guess those are not going to be the characters that the adventure is going to happen with because she just killed everybody off, which I'm going, well, that's a, a good way to start. And you've got poor, poor Gunny going, you know. Lizbeth left alone and she goes back to her cabin and it's like, yep, I got to go see the vet, the relatives of all the people and give them their share because I, I did complete the mission. So just right off the bat, she's this tough, doesn't let anything stop her, takes on the bandits who took out her party, rescues the people from being sold into slavery, essentially gets them what? where they're going. 
And, you know, it just never lets up for her. So she's either running around, hopefully having a nice cold soda and not having to wear a dress or then having to deal with, hey, there's more assassination attempts and maybe I have to prevent somebody royal from being shot. Oh, now I've got to prevent somebody else from being shot. Or maybe I have to shoot somebody else. <laughs> Not again. <laughs> again. Every, every time. Every yeah. time. Well, and and I don't I don't want to spoil too much of what's going on in the fourth book, but it's funny how her actions come back and haunt other people and things yes. getting held against her. It's like, so what you're telling me is my sister did this, and now you're mad at me because of what my sister did. This doesn't seem quite fair. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that's life. But that's life. That's life. That and that's, you know, I don't have any sisters, but I know plenty of people who do. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you hear things like this a lot. Like, oh, somebody thought I was blah, 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 because my yeah. mother was this way. Or, yeah. Yeah. We get it. Uh, <laughs> so I'm so excited about the next book. You're going to have to come back. Do you know a release date yet? I know you just turned no, it in. But I know no. sometimes they're like, Whatever's happening, it's coming out, and blah, 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 of 20, like, you like, know, like. Now, okay. this, this book got bumped back twice. Okay. Oh, is that because? The one I'm talking about tonight. Okay. Uh, it was originally, I thought, supposed to come out in February, where the last Gunny Rose had come out, and then, oh. you know, it came out in November, so. Yeah, yeah uh, there's been a lot, of, as you said at the very beginning of this, you've seen the industry go up yes. and down and yes. twist and change. And there's been a lot going on behind the scenes from paper shortages to distribution issues. Writer or editor strike. Takeovers. Editor strikes. Yeah. Currently. Mergers, um, mergers getting blocked in court. Mergers. All yeah. of that. It's it's yeah. kind of it's kind of crazy. I have a I have a friend who recently signed a deal and it's like, well, we didn't even sub to this place on my first book because it didn't exist. So it's like these these changing these changing paths like it's always changing that a place that published you before they don't even exist anymore because they got taken over by somebody else and then that yeah it down or oh they don't do this format anymore it's or an editor leaves and then oh boy. Like, client list dissolves and that's a whole different episode oh that's that happened to me you know oh, yeah. it's happened to a lot of people yeah and it's you know i feel like that's something that we as writers, like, we need to talk about it. We want to talk about it. We need to swear about it and, like, cry about it. But, <laughs> like, about it. and drink about it, but, like, mm, not in public. <laughs> Maybe curse a little bit. Maybe oh, curse a yeah. little bit. Just, but, just you know, a little. But still be, like, respectful and, like, no, we, but as you said, the industry's changing, the times are changing, and, and it has to change. And no, it does. Look and at all the different gonna, ways you can read a book now or it's hear exciting. a book or yeah. me here. Yeah, you hear it. You can read it on a electronic device. You mm -hmm. can hold the actual book. Mm -hmm. uh, it's the different types of stories that are being yeah. told now, which I just like, you know, is, is what has needed to happen for a long time. So there will be bumps oh. in the road, but worth well, it. And it's, and it's just amazing, too, that because, like, I, I talk about the fact that you have all these series that even just to list all the series, it's supposed to be optioned into TV and all these different things. And then this one is also optioned repeatedly. And we're just going, at some point, we would like to see this just so we can actually have our dream casting fulfilled. And we can yeah. see, what does Eli look like? And how tall is Lizbeth? And how uncomfortable does she look in a dress when she's like, I'm in Dixie and they make me wear this, but I don't really like this very and she's fussing along and doing all that. But 
the fact that you've been able to, for all these years, crank out a book a year and just have them all sing is just absolutely amazing. So it's like, well, thank you. We are, we are huge fans and we are so glad that you were able to join us today and talk about these books. And we're just like, they're amazing. And, well, uh, and, yeah, and Charlene, uh, I can't tell you how nervous and excited Allison and I have been for, because we've had you booked for a while now, but then this past week, she really? and I have like ramped up our messages with each other to <laughs> um, the point of like almost mania of I'm so nervous. I'm so we're excited. Fine. We're all our sexualities. No, you're you amazing. You were amazing. And, you're, and, you're amazing. And a lot of people were like, I've met her before. She's awesome. And I'm like, what if I start crying during the interview? <laughs> you know, that has happened to me. <laughs> Who has cried? Who's we would like not you. Not, not a reviewer, <laughs> but uh, when, when people would meet me, they would be so oh. tense, you know, and a lot of times, especially women, when they're, when we're tense, we cry, not because <laughs> we're grieving, but because yeah. we're so nervous. Yeah. It's just, you know, emotions leaking out of our eyeballs. Exactly. Yeah. It's like my face is wet. Exactly. Like my face wet. Why is I this happening? Uh, so no I'm clue. really excited that Allison and I didn't uh, smear our makeup all over our faces. Uh, and we're so thrilled that we got to meet you, Charlene. You're amazing. You are awesome. Uh, the Gunny Rose series, bravo, everybody just like check out, just check out all of Charlene's work. If you are unfamiliar with it, there's 40 something. It's like, there's like 42 <laughs> if years. If you like it, boy, are you, you in for a good time? You got yeah. plenty. Like if you ever find, I know what has happened where you find an author you like, and then you go, I can't find anything else by them. Like they, they yeah. wrote one book and then decided, you know, being an author is not for me. And then they just stop writing or maybe something. Heart. Yeah, or or maybe it's just you just haven't found another one by them, and you keep checking. If you if you find Charlene's books, you've got plenty to work through. So you got yes. that time, and I know some of them are on audio because I listen to the Gunny Rose ones yeah. on audio, so you can get them that way. So I know I really liked the narrator you have for that. She did a great job. So I I read the arc for Serpent to Heaven. So I don't know if you've got the same narrator because it's Felicia. So did they change narrators? Oh, I don't know. I haven't talked to them about that. I'm not sure. Because it would make sense because it's first person. It would. It would make sense if it was slightly younger. And I wonder if she would have an accent slightly different because Lizbeth's from Texoma. Yeah. And Felicia, well, it's like she's she's from New Mexico, but now she's been living in around mostly Russian people and she speaks like yeah. three languages. So She does. She does. She's gifted that way. Yeah. She's gifted. And the book just came <laughs> out yesterday. So just came out yesterday. Hey, one day year old book. Um, so everybody make sure to check it out in whatever format you like. Um, tell us about the audio narrator if you do the audio. because uh, we read it with our eyeballs. Tell us. Um so thank you everybody for watching this. If you're watching it live, thank you if you're watching it on the replay. Thank you. Make sure to like and subscribe to our YouTube page. Leave us a review if you would like. And we are off next week because it is Thanksgiving. And then we will be back the first week of December. Is it the first week of December? I don't even know when. I anymore. think it's December when we get back. Yeah, I think it's December when we it get back. Right. Yeah, it does sound right. <laughs> so we well, will thank see you. you. Thank you, thank Charlene. You, Charlene. And we will see you all very soon. Okay. Bye-bye.